In our last podcast, we had Charlie crowing about winners, sharing details about his new stables. George, meanwhile, was fretting over near misses. Well, a fortnight's a long time in racing. Yes, Charlie's still in fine form, but happily for all of us in the room, George Scott has banged in a couple of winners. It's time to hear all about them and a lot more in episode four of George and Charlie Off the Bridal. Thanks for joining us once again in our splendid host venue, the King's Head in Dullingham. In the next 45 minutes or so, we'll be joined by a classic winning jockey to talk about the weekend's Guineas meeting at Newmarket. But before we settle back and enjoy the company of a very special guest, let's catch up with the guys. I'm Tony Rushmer, but front and centre are on song Newmarket trainers, firm friends and confirmed rivals. It's George Scott and Charlie Fellows. Let battle commence. Well, um... We were a little bit happier in the room this morning. Uh, poor old George has been coming in with his bottom lip on the ground every time we've recorded so far. And <laughs> finally, he's banged in a couple of winners, which makes things a lot more interesting. So we can actually have a little bit of banter today. Uh, I have, I've been told previously that I've had to be very respectful and not take the piss out of George because it's been a quiet start. But now he's got a big old smile on his face and uh, horses are running well, George. Yeah, they are, fortunately. I think last time I came in, I sort of I begged you not to take the piss out of me too much. <laughs> I think I said, it's my business, it's my life. It was his line. He literally came in and was like, I haven't had any winners, you can't take the piss out of me too much because you're going to damage my business. <laughs> it wasn't quite to that extent. But no, for, uh, fortunately enough, the horses have been running great. Actually, they've been running fantastically for the last month or so, as, as of yours, and um uh, it has been it has been a frustrating start to the year, but we're we're rolling along now. Had a two a two year old winner, two year old Charlie. Do you know what they are? You know, he's sort of four year old man. Well, he I worked any two year olds. Actually, yet. I won the first two year old of the race, uh, two year old race of the year last year. So what did she end up being rated? Uh, well, she got black type <laughs> by Kodiak, so it's not a bad going. No, it's not fair yeah. enough. But I know you you're, you're more of a three, four, five year old. See, he's man. just bowled an absolute. She's just bowled a sitter, and I've knocked that out of the park. I can't Come remember on. you getting black type with her. Uh, third in the Merrygate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did go. she get rated there in the end? Eighty-five or something. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, and you actually, on a serious note, very exciting with King Ottica um, at Newbury. We've we've done a podcast since then. No, that no. was on the eve of the you, Newbury was it? Race. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh my God, I thought I'd no. bored everyone about no. that already. No. Oh, I've got loads to talk about then. <laughs> yeah, good horse that, isn't he? He is a good horse. <laughs> yeah. 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 I nearly fainted at evening stables when he won. <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Just I literally had to sort of sit there yeah. for five minutes, compose myself. And In write, a dark room. And write, yeah. write a message to you to say congratulations. Through <laughs> gritted teeth. Through gritted teeth. And actually, I thought I'd confirm that by ringing you as well. Yeah. Um, no, it was really impressive. Um, he's obviously a lovely, lovely horse who hand, he handled. I mean, I think he handled the ground particularly well. It was a funny old weekend for results wise, but loves the ground. Yeah. Loves the ground and has come through it great. And I've just literally just entered him in the vase at Chester uh, next week. Is there any rain forecast? There is, yeah. There is. There is. Oh, yeah, no, on but, a serious note, is it? Yeah, no, no, there is rain forecast. Um, but we'll see. As you know, I've done a, I had a couple at Haydock last week and they bucked it down yeah, yeah. up there and Haydock and Chester aren't far away. So I don't know what they're calling the ground, but I know there's rain in the forecast. 
he doesn't need to run. He's ve he was so professional the other day. You know, if the conditions aren't perfect, then we won't run. Um, and we'll just keep our powder dry for the moment. He's a he's a lovely big horse, and he's going to be a, he's going to get better and better as the year goes on. Well, we've had the trials meetings at Newbury and Newmarket, and there's been some fascinating racing as well as a couple of shake-ups to the 2000 Guineas markets, chaps. Um, we'll talk about those classics later in the episode, but it is bad news for racing that Too Darn Hot won't be there after the, after the winter. We're all looking forward to seeing that horse, and no Calix either, although yesterday would suggest a very exciting horse in, in, in the making, uh, his Ascot run. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Too Darn Hot obviously will be a loss to the to the race but it's an open race this year and and uh, i think it's almost a full field so it's going to be exciting spectacle for everyone and a great betting opportunity for lots of lots of our outside friends and family that, that come racing it's a fantastic weekend here in newmarket it's a great buzz around the place there's parties going on everywhere and dinner parties and it's just a matter of surviving really so uh, racing is sort of on the back foot unless you've got a runner in the classic and it's just about having a good time looking forward to the weekend charlie yeah, quite quiet. No runners at Newmarket. Um, You'll be off to Lingfield or Sutherland somewhere in the evening. Thursk and Donny. Thursk and Donny. Thursk and Donny. Will you go? Living, living the dream. Will you go? Sorry? Actually, you're hosting a dinner party on Saturday night, aren't you? Uh, I didn't get invited. Did you not get invited? No, no. Uh, my wife did the guest you, list. You actually texted me for Billy's number, invited him when I was sat with him, I think. Or no, oh, Vicky no, did. No, 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 no. That's not for this Saturday. Still didn't get invited. No, I, I have, I'm, I'm afraid you wouldn't have been invited if I had been doing no. the guest list, but I had nothing to do with it this time. So I just do as I'm told this weekend and um, I'll go racing probably on Saturday and maybe Sunday, depending on how hungover I am. We, we still need to organise that moving in party into... Um, Bedford House. Poor Luca nearly died on us. That was awful. Okay, what happened there? He got epiglottitis, which is incredibly rare. Uh, normally happens in kids. Um, and he woke up in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, couldn't breathe. He was, yeah. he was, Luca was actually technically dead for five minutes in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Uh, and they re resuscitated him. Um, and um, yeah, I spoke to Luca the other day and he's, he's in fine form and in, he said, I was so out of it. I didn't know what was going on, but the doctor said that Sarah was doing a dance around his bed, thought that they'd sold Bedford House and she was now going to live happily ever after. Well, he'll, he'll be fit and well to chase you for all that money anyway. <laughs> Good news. Before we get back to Charlie's uh, move across town and um, also the Guineas and the weekend racing, we're about to shoot the breeze with a fine jockey and a top man. After the interlude, it's time for the doiler. Thanks for listening to this episode four of George and Charlie off the bridle. Without further ado, it's time for us to welcome a jockey who has sat on multiple Group 1 stars, such as Kingman, Noble Mission, Ribchester, Big Orange, and more recently, Sea of Class, James Doyle. James, we're buzzing to have you on the podcast. Um, firstly, how long have you known these two? How long have you known Scott and Fellows? Yeah, well, listen, guys, thanks for inviting me along. Um, Listen to the first few podcasts and sounds a lot of fun and nice to be here. Um, how long have I known these guys? Well, pretty long because obviously they were uh, assistant trainers for um, trainers that I'd ridden for in the past. Obviously, Charlie at uh, James Fanshaw's and worked very closely with George at uh, Lady Jane Cecil's. So um, we've had success in the past and ridden them winners um, since. So uh, Yeah, no, James, it's great. It's awesome to have you on. You and I first met properly um, when, when did you have the job on job by then? You did, didn't you? When I when it started at Jane Cecil's. I think we, we actually first met in Dubai, didn't we? Through um, Sully, when oh, yeah. I 
I um, signed up to uh, Judmont, yeah, and then you, I think you came back from America to be assistant to Lady Jane, and uh, you thought it was a good idea. Well, you ended up being in Dubai, and yeah. Sully kind of organised us to sort of meet up. So we actually met before we started working together, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fantastic, because... Um, I'd obviously, yeah, come back from America to be Jane Cecil's assistant. At the same time, James had just got the Jubmont job, and we obviously had a few um, few horses. Um, the Prince Khaled of Abdullah was incredibly generous and kind and left horses with Jane, and in amongst those horses was, were Noble Mission, and who's obviously Frankel's full brother. And uh, James and I, you know, really got set about getting to know him, didn't we? And, um, we know... I think there was one morning in particular you came in and rode him and he just galloped on the front end just like a like a really, really good horse. And, you know, it was from then on that he started to build his legacy and he was a really important horse for you, wasn't he? Yeah, he certainly was. I mean, obviously we had Kingman in there also, but I think, um, you know, Noble Mission was just... A, it was a great sort of plan all the way along by, you know, devised by everyone, putting their little bits of input and um, we ended up, obviously winning the champion stakes it was just the whole story was brilliant really wasn't it yeah well I remember the champion stakes so clearly because we had this massive build-up we'd had this amazing season we'd managed to get him um, really rolling on the front end and he was an incredibly hard horse to pass and I remember um, coming down to get the saddle from you and I, I still can see you stood I mean at this stage obviously you were a top flight jockey you'd ridden multiple multiple group one winners but you know you're probably you'd probably admit now you weren't the jockey now that you were then you know with experience 100 yeah. and i was just on this bandwagon ride and we had noble mission the rain had come and um your great old foe al kazim in there and i got the saddle off you and i think i must have been shaking so i was trying to give you some instructions and you said well, well i was pretty nervous yeah. as well and then i looked at yourself and lady jane i thought blimey yeah i <laughs> better just calm this all shaking. down a little bit <laughs> and he just said listen george relax i'll be fine and i was like no no but i don't want you to go too fast so i think by that point you'd walked into the um into the weighing room james was that race one of the most exciting finales finishes you've ever been involved in i know it's five years down the line now but that was special wasn't it it was very special i mean obviously it was quite quite an emotional day um i don't think i've quite seen uh, the atmosphere at ascot um like, like it was that day i mean everyone seemed to be in floods of tears in there around the winner's enclosure and it was it was very emotional for obvious reasons um but it, it, I, it we t i think everyone took a lot of sat satisfaction out of the race because noble mission he i mean he he wasn't uh a, he wasn't a very straightforward horse it was it was a lot of you know from the guy who rode him uh martin peak used to ride him out he did a fantastic job with him he was very headstrong and he used to ride him every day made my life a lot easier on the track i think i only sat on him twice at home i think one he ran them, off with you didn't one he? of them days yeah unfortunately martin peak was ill so george rang me said look any chance you can get to the lime kilns at whatever time anyway so i thought oh god i haven't i've only cantered him at home so anyway i went to ride him work i think i did i was meant to gallop about seven furlongs so i pulled him up after five because i just went oh yeah flat to the boards how funny and um yeah so it, it was just a great plan by everyone we tinkered with his hood i think that was your idea george to change the the hood on him because he used to just uh last sort of half a furlong he used to go very dull and just kind of think that he'd d done his running and he actually got picked up in the grand prix de saint Cloud. we actually got the race because the winner failed the drug test thank god so that was handy but he actually sort of gave away that race 
Um, so yeah, it was just every. So we changed the hood, didn't we? We changed it from the sort of rubber. Yeah. Um, we took silicone. the cones out. Yeah. yeah. Took the cones out. So it was just a great, great plan that all came together on the day, and it it was it was very special because, like I say, everyone you know played their part, and um, it, I felt like we were a small team at that point, and I think. It was um, it was very satisfying, wasn't it? John? Yeah, no, it was great. And James, obviously, since since then, your career's taken many different shapes. And the main the main one is that you've now um, you've now gone to um, Sheikh Mohammed's Godolphin and had an incredible run there. And I'm more interested in hearing about your your winters in Dubai. You know, Charlie and I both have dipped out. Charlie, you've had a good, you had a good winter in Dubai, didn't you? I had a good winter in Dubai. I yeah, like coming out to Dubai. It's nice, isn't it? A few dinners and a couple of dinners. Yeah, yeah, a couple of um, expensive. God, Jesus, <laughs> expensive. Um, especially when you go out with Palmer and and <laughs> Ed Crisford, they really really rack up the bill. Um, but uh, yeah, no, look, it's it's um, it's great. I mean, you enjoy being out there, but by the end, you're ready to come home. It's, it, I think it's a perfect balance. I mean, before I joined Judmont and Godolphin, I used to actually go out for five months, and that used to really drag on. I mean, it was, you know, I think I'd go out in November and then come back in March, so it, it did used to drag on a bit. Uh, but since I've been going out for Godolphin, I go for January, February and March, uh, just for the International Carnival. And that's, uh, I think that's perfect, the perfect amount of time, really. It's good because it's, I mean, you get back here and you're just flat out every day. I mean, you go, guys know what it's like. You're literally racing two meetings a day and it can be in France on a Sunday and it's literally non-stop. So to get there um, after Christmas and just have a bit of downtime, but still keep your eye in and ride once a week, I think it's the perfect, sort of, it's, it's perfect scenario for us, really. And I, I get the feeling that you, know, you will and... Charlie make an unbelievably good team and it seems to be like the the way that he's turned that operation around in such a short space of time to a point now where you are you know, Charlie is widely regarded as being you know top five trainers in the world and constantly banging them in at group one level that it, it looks like not only do you get on really well but it's also an unreal team yeah, it's quite quite unique, really. I mean, obviously, when I, I didn't know Charlie all that well, I'd ridden for him a bit in uh, previous to getting the job for His Highness, and um, Will was obviously he, he was riding plenty uh, for Charlie at the time, so they knew each other very well. You guys know him quite well, and I mean, he's just so relaxed and very realistic, but at the same time, he's, he I mean, he he really does know his stuff, and I feel like he's he's learnt. On, on the job, so to speak. I mean, my first, or myself and Will's first year there, I mean, we had lots of horses and it was Charlie himself. I mean, who wouldn't want sort of over 200 horses, but it was Charlie himself who said, look, I think we just need to scale down a bit here. It's, you know, we've got too many. And um, I think that was that was really the, the sort of changing of the whole setup, but it was solely Char Charlie's idea. And um, yeah, it's a very unique situation. I mean, we it's become great friends with um, Charlie and obviously very good friends with Will and um, I think we're just very realistic about it you know a lot a lot of the planning and a lot of the directions we're sending horses in and a lot of the discussions happen um, when we're just in the jeep just sort of chat, chatting away sometimes we'd go up the gallops and we wouldn't even jump on a horse because the conversation would be that good that we'd end up just watching them you know <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah a very unique situation really. 
Can I ask how much involvement um, His Highness Sheikh Mohammed has? We all know how passionate and committed he's been to his horses. How much do you speak to him and how much do you talk to him about the horses? Well, obviously, he's a world leader, so he's got uh, plenty on his plate. But uh, racing's obviously his one, arguably his greatest passion, and um, it's you know it's obviously difficult to speak to him. But we we see him at the races, and um, you know we'd like to have a chat with him then, and he'll ask certain questions about certain horses. So you need to be uh, on on the ball because you obviously get a limited chance to talk to him. Uh, but it was really great. I mean, he he came to watch the two-year-olds in um, up at Moulton Paddocks um, about um, three weeks ago, which um, is I think it's the first time that's happened for a little while. So that was quite pleasing to see. Um, and we, we flew back to Dubai a, a couple of weeks ago, ten days ago, to um, to gallop uh, a few a few of the horses at Maidan, and he also came to that too. No, I think Rayson's very lucky to have to have a man like him who's so passionate about it, and all his family as well. I mean, it's it's amazing how many how many horses are are under sort of Sheikh Mohammed and 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 the Rabba banner is is incredible, fantastic, really. It's incredible, James. Um... I always admired you and William, your fitness as well. I think you've taken that to a whole new level, haven't you? You've decided, I think, was there a point you decided that you were going to be fitter, try and be fitter than everyone else as well? I mean, we share a trainer. <laughs> we took James and I go to the same gym, Charlie. You could do with a few. I don't need to sessions. go to a gym. <laughs> sessions. Huh? Those jeans, I just can't, I don't understand why you keep wearing those jeans on a serious note. These ones? Yeah. Because They're so tight. I have excellent calves, George, and these really hug my calves. It's the thighs I'm worried about. Sorry? Big thighs on you. So the <laughs> athletes, the athletes' legs, George. <laughs> I was just, I did the 111.3 back in the day. What, Radley? Yeah, I was quick. These back are athletes' legs. Big I can't leg. help like it. Big, big old legs. Huh? Shot put legs. Back to the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, James and I train in the gym here with, a, with a, the same trainer. James, I have to admit, trains a lot more and a lot, lot more thoroughly. But um, we're always talking to the trainer about the boys and their fitness. And you've, and I, I, I imagine it's partly your weight as well and the fact that you, you feel like you can get an advantage in the saddle. Well, I, it, I mean, it's changed. The whole game's changed a bit from the fitness point of view. I mean, it's the first, I'd say the first probably six, seven years, I thought I was fairly fit, but always afraid to kind of overdo the exercise, worrying about my weight. But uh, as I've matured and grown up, I've realised that it's a bit of a myth, all that. And I think the more work I put in, or ev everyone's different, but certainly for myself, the more work I put in, in the gym, the lighter I am. And, you know, obviously the fitter I am, the more it gives me a chance to think about races as they're developing rather than, you know, if you're on a real strong one and you're suddenly getting tired, then your mind's gone off what's happening in front of you. So I think it's really improved my, uh, my riding and um, myself and Will train, you know, we train together and it's nice to have someone to chase. Obviously Will's uh, been, he's been training with Dan a, a fair bit longer than me and um, so he, ha he has that edge on me so I feel like I'm always chasing him a bit but it's nice when we do you know we do the sort of cardio circuits the at the end brutal. It, it's, yeah brutal very tough and um, I I've actually finished in front of him a couple of times which yeah, gave me great you're, pleasure you're on the leaderboard you're ahead of him on that leaderboard aren't you but yeah, I think mind you Ed Crisford beat him I think oh, didn't he so uh, I think Sorry. Will, Will yeah. must have had an off day Ed <laughs> Crisford he did, yeah. He's beaten, beaten by a lot as what well. About, so Twenty what, seconds. What or are they? What are they? What's the what's the circuit, James? The circuit. What was the circuit? I think we had to push the prowler up and down four times, and then it was, I think, ten burpees, twenty mountain climbers, and then 
20 sit-ups and then you do that three times and then push the prowler again four times at the end so it's yeah it's pretty tough it's i mean you are having a He's just got that dogged fitness in it, that competitive streak. No, he's been going quite a bit though. He's been getting stuck in. To be I fair, thought he'd be he? as lazy as hell. He'd sort of, you know, if he was a horse, he'd have blinkers on him <laughs> and the rest. And uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it's he, yeah, it's good. It's actually it is it, doing that that exercise. It's good for your mind. It, you think it makes you more tired, but it doesn't. It gives you more energy, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you walk out of there, you go from feeling absolutely drained, and the last thing you know, sometimes when it's close to racing, I'll literally leave there and go straight race, and you get in the car and you think, oh. God, last thing I want to do is go and ride six horses or something. But like you say, after an hour or so, you just, I don't know, it, you just okay. feel fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> and James, obviously being a taller guy, big, strong jockey, your your diet's obviously so important to you. And, and, and how, how does that balance? And how, what do you eat? And how often do you eat? And is it completely dependent on... On the what, circumstances. What have you got in that cup? So George and I have got a, a good Bloody Mary each. <laughs> I'm just on Jane. the coffee with a couple of sugars. I have to uh, admit, I probably shouldn't have had them. But um, really, it's you that can f- important. A couple of sugars here and there. And it, it, well, it is. Yeah, you really do have to be careful on the on the calories and the sugar intake. It's it, it, like you say, it's a bit boring, but it, it's pretty um, it's pretty straightforward. You just have to really watch what you're eating, really, and. Um, it's it's pretty simple really i i kind of have for breakfast i'll I'll have porridge usually just to you know a little bowl of porridge just to keep me kicking i I wouldn't have any lunch because obviously it's not great to be operating on a full stomach anyway and usually after breakfast i have most days i would have between sort of three and four pounds to lose so i'll do a couple in the gym and i've got uh, a hot tub that i've put in at home um which is has been fantastic for me i feel like since i put that in uh my weight's been fantastic i finish at the gym jump in there for sometimes 45 minutes an hour and then jump in the car and go racing and then probably won't have anything till till the evening uh usually just fish and vegetables so um but i like that a lot of people would find it boring but i actually enjoy getting stuck into a nice bit of salmon or sea bass i've stopped taking sugar in my tea can you notice (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever have any company in that hot tub, or is it always just sat there by yourself? Well, I've actually so I've, I've so one so I've converted the garage. One side of it I've turned into a gym, which I used on the odd days I haven't got enough time to train with Dan. And the other side uh, I've turned into a wet room, so I've got um, a sort of flat screen TV all tiled into the wall uh, with the sky rigged up and everything. So it's. Yeah, it just works really well, and I just flick that on, watch the replays, he and really relax. Left that. He, yeah, he get, really you evaded rolled, that. You rolled him a googly, and he's left. He just it completely ignored yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about, I couldn't give a toss about your wet room. <laughs> I'm more interested in. Do you ever have anyone else in the sauna with you? Moving on. Do do you ever allow yourself any treats in terms of food and intake? I mean, it sounds quite a quite a tough life just having fish and vegetables. Well, do you, sort of when we're racing, you obviously the en- energy levels can dip a little bit, so you do have the odd bit of, bit of chocolate, and it's not bad because obviously you're you know you're active and you you know couple get stuck of, in couple so. of chicken nuggets at Chelmsford. Yeah, guilty pleasure. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it really is shocking. I probably shouldn't say it, but the food that most of the race courses provide it really is horrific. If you walk in, you've got cocktail sausages next to chicken nuggets and chips. It really is a disgrace. Who really. does the best one? Who, the best. Who offers the best array for, for jockey snacks? I mean, York's pretty good now. They've got that, but still, you they still offer plenty of crap, to be honest. I mean, it is. It's ridiculous. Most of the tracks are pretty bad, to be honest. There's not too many that stand out uh, where you think they've actually nailed it. The PGA not done anything about that. Have they not said, you know? Well, they kind of. I don't know. It's it's they. It's, it's a difficult one. It really is. But 
I mean, it's it should be pretty straightforward. Healthy food and you know a few sweets and chocolate. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, it's amazing how how they struggle with it. Really, I can see fellows going. Got, hold on, just <laughs> two seconds. George has got something really funny to say because he's been putting his hand up with a big smile on his face. So go on, George, off you go. I can see fellows going to the new market wearing and getting in saddle and coming out with a couple of cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Right, on that note, time for a quick pause here in the King's Head, darling, and we'll be back in a few moments to talk about a massive weekend's racing, the Guineas Festival at Newmarket. You're listening to George and Charlie off the bridle. You can stay in touch with us about this episode and future ones by following at Bridal Podcast. We've got James Doyle with us here for our Guineas preview episode. So let's start our look at this weekend's racing by asking you, James, about your booking for Saturday's big race, Scardu, in the 2000 Guineas. Well, he, um, he, he's he got track experience anyway. He's won there twice. Um, only two starts have been at the uh, Rowley Mile. He was very impressive on debut. Uh, Martin Harley rode him that day, and he obviously didn't show a lot at home because I think he was like 33 to 1 or something that day. So he, he can't have been showing up too well. Uh, but his work was good. I galloped him before the Craven. Um, his work was pretty solid. I didn't, you know, he still felt like he needed to find a bit on his homework. Um, but he did well in the Craven. I was really pleased with him. Uh, on a day where it was very difficult to make up ground, um, he kind of flopped out the gates a bit. And we wanted to ride him for a turn of foot anyway. Uh, but they went very steady. And we ended up popping round. Uh, well, at the back, we had to pop round the entire field. And he quickened up very well and had a little look when he got there. Got a bit tired as well, so he should improve a lot. Um, Have you sat on him since? Uh, I haven't, actually. I uh, spoke to Michael Tebbett the other day, who gave him his last gallop. And he, he was very impressed with him. He said he's come on a tonne fitness-wise. So, um, yeah, who knows? It looks to be... A completely wide open race and oh, I don't it's know. It's bang open, isn't it? It's Very bang open. open. It's, um, I don't well, know. You, you, you haven't got a clue what's running, have you? Sorry? <laughs> like it's bang open. It is uh, bang open. What are you talking yeah. about? Okay, we'll run 19, through. 19 runs. Aiden's got, Aiden's got the favourite and the second favourite. I did hear you actually, was it I, Was it an interview? You did hear, you, you, you mentioned that Aiden's two horses, one's got abundance of speed and one's probably going to stay further. They just I mean, might be able to split them, you know? The chances are, like we're saying, it's wide open. The chances are Aiden will probably go and win, won't he? Like he invariably does, but... Looking at the horses, you can kind of pick holes in, and obviously Magna Grecia won the racing post. Um, I don't know, will he be quite quick enough? He, it's, it's just difficult to say. And then, you know, 10 sovereigns. Uh, I heard Donica O'Brien saying after the middle part, was it? He, he's an out and out sprinter, um, feels very fast, and he looked very fast that day. So. You can pick holes in in both of them, but you can I think you can pick holes in all. The, I mean, Scardu, what did he what did he beat in the Craven? It's difficult to say, to isn't say it? That. I'm not sure. Over time will tell, but it just my gut feeling was that that might not have been the best Craven we've ever seen. Well, st- strictly on ratings, I mean, the second horse and the third horse, you know, they're rated to sort of what were they 86 and 90 or something mm. like that, and and beating them half a length, you would think but. it gives him a lot to do. Uh, in in a normal kind of guineas, but I don't think we're maybe we're we're not in a normal kind of guineas. It might be no. a slightly weaker one. I also get do. the feeling that your horse only ever does as much as he needs to, and that he'll beat whatever's in front of him. So, 
Yeah. No. It'd be nice. It would be lovely for Mr. Haggis to have a um, have a Guinea's winner because he's absolutely miserable at the moment in doing my head in on the heath. He keeps on having a go at me for cutting him up on the severals, which he gets he gets incredibly irate. And also, he's just paid for probably what was a very l- lavish wedding for his daughter, so he needs the cash as well. So it would be good for Mr. Haggis to have a to have a you know a nice Guinea's winner. Yeah, I, put a smile on his face for a couple of weeks. I've I always, I've had a couple of good run-ins with him on the heath before. <laughs> he, I actually worked for him uh, right at the beginning. I was um, kind of a pupil. Actually, wasn't I? Just sort of riding out. Ever since, he's just absolutely taking me taking me to town on the heath. He sent a fax to Michael Bell's office once complaining about me. <laughs> so I didn't I did I didn't let him across the road. He sent a fax to the office. He got out of his car, <laughs> and my excuse at the time was that I was riding a colt and he was very, like, um, colty and he wanted to jump on the horse in front. But actually, I just sort of carried on. He was three cars down. He got out of the car, waving his arms, screaming, shouting at me, and then sent a fax to the office. The arms go all over the place. The arms, the arms, you know he's in a bad mood when he waves the arms around. But. James, you, do you, you ride for him. What, what's, he, what's he like to ride for? Is he, is he a good trainer to ride for? Uh, we we seem to have a good understanding and seem to... Um, well, so far it's early days, I guess. We've only had a season and um, obviously finished second in the arc which uh, with Sea of Class, which could have gone either way. But I, th- I, I thought that was great, the way uh, the way I was given a sort of free reign. And I spoke to William before the arc and he said, look, we, we just need to take our time with her. We're drawn bad. We know the filly. She needs to relax. And he gave me the confidence beforehand. He said, look, if you get stuck in traffic and fly home and get beat, he said, I'd rather that than up there, four wide, you know, pulling a train and sort of finishing out the back. So I thought that was, um, obviously, she nearly got there, but she didn't. And we did get strung up a little bit, but I thought he, he took that very well. And, um, yeah, it se- seemed to have a good understanding. I kind of know what he requires from from my riding. Um, I, I don't think I've had to sort of be less aggressive with the younger horses, which um, I think is w- what he likes. So I've learnt sort of little things um, with him like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's early days, but it seems to be seems to be going nicely. And what about the good filly? How do you see her upcoming season, Sea of Class? Very exciting. I mean, she, she had, a lot happened for her in a short period of time. I mean, you think this time last year, she got beaten her maiden and looked a, looked a little bit tricky, swishing her tail, and she whacked me in the face and gave me a bleeding nose first time out so I wasn't really sure whether I was looking forward to sitting on her again to be honest she, after that but a bit like Scardu she was they didn't think anything of her to start with I know in the in the um sort of January February uh last year she hadn't really got on anyone's radar no exactly and then suddenly yeah. out of the blue yeah this yeah. That's one of the best things about being a racehorse trainer, I think, is that kind of... Those, it's just a great work mornings. It's a great time of year, though, isn't Find it? Because you just, you just never know, and you just never know what you've got in the yard. At this, and it's just fantastic, isn't it? And if, you, if you're not excited at this time of year, you, you never will be, really. She goes to York. She goes to York? She, I'm not sure exactly what the plan is. I know William said she was planning to go to York, and I think her bloods were not 100%. So she may just go straight to Ascot, but which won't be a problem because she's very, you know, she's a light filly, very light on her feet, and I say you could prepare her in in a week, so that won't be a problem. Do you like the idea of a rematch in in Paris with Enable? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it's 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 difficult. I thought it was an amazing performance from Enable. Obviously, um, 
coming back from a slight, you know, um, she was off for a little time that obviously no one knew about until after the race. And But at the same time, I think with a better draw, um, it, it could have been a different story, a, a cleaner run through. It's just exciting, isn't it? I think they're two fantastic. Maybe, maybe they'll meet before, but maybe we'll just meet in Paris. But it's yeah, it's very exciting. And um, I'd be... I'd be pretty, pretty, you know, I don't think I'd like to get off my filly anyway. Bringing it back to this weekend and keeping the talk about fillies, on Sunday, star terms, the Hannon filly, who finished fourth in the Fred Darling. She's a nice piece of form, actually, in Paris. She came third in the Boussac, beat not far. Would she have an each-way sniff at a big price? Yeah, I see Tom Seagal put her up as a as one to sort of finish in, in the frame anyway. So that's always encouraging. He obviously knows his stuff. Um, yes, yeah, not, not uh, a filly I know a whole lot about, but obviously a nice nice uh, spare ride to pick up for, for the Hannans. And obviously they know what it takes to win the race. Um, well, they won it with a 33 to one shot last year. Exactly, so, exactly. You know, so, uh, you, know 66 you know she'll be she's ready to go. Yeah, 66. Yeah. Was she? 66. Yeah. They won it with what, Sky Lantern as well. As so well. yeah, they yeah. know what it takes. And she, she's got form at... Um, yeah, like you say, in, in Paris, in the Marcel Boussac, she ran well that day. I thought it was a pleasing enough trial in the Fred Darling. She just looked like she got a bit tired late on. Um, but yeah, she's, she's a big prize, but hopefully she can, she can run a good race. Any others that you're looking forward to riding this weekend? I've got young rascal in the jockey club who um, he, he, I think he badly needed his first run. Um, he, he was just, he's, he's, a, he's a good horse with a lot of talent, but he, he finds life quite easy. And um, he, he likes to enjoy himself a bit. So he wasn't, we, we kind of expected him to run the way he did first time. He wasn't 100% focused, uh, even in his work beforehand. But myself and William thought we'd just get him out and run him just to switch him on. And I've galloped him since. And he's, he's ground. He's worked very well. Well, th- as long as it's nice ground. I mean, that, th- we, there's a little bit of rain forecast, isn't it? A small bit. bit. Yeah. I spoke to Michael Prosser today. He hasn't put any water on since. Um, last Sunday in anticipating some rain so mm-hmm. he said if there's no rain it's going to be fast old ground and then that you know if that would be rain. a worry I guess it would be a worry but yeah. um I think ja- the intention is to run James and you've been here and done it are you will you have any butterflies on Friday tomorrow evening going to bed or will you just wake up and you I suppose you'll be excited but will you do you do you, do you treat each day differently you know when the big rides come I along think- you feel it I think it's yeah, it's more the excitement than than sort of nerves. I remember, obviously riding. I finished second in the Guineas twice. Obviously with Kingman, I honestly thought all we had to do was turn up, um, and and he would win. And I don't know what happened that day. It was a messy race. I I don't think personally. I don't. A lot of people said maybe I went a bit soon and all this carry on. But look, his form before the race and. His next run in St James's Palace proved it. I could have kicked four out, and he should have still won. You know, so I kind of the night before I was very excited, bit nervous. I thought, all right, I better not mess this up. And you know, it was early days in the in the Jubmont sort of contract as well, and uh, obviously he got beat. So I kind of I, I thought it was quite funny. After well, not funny, but I went to Waitrose on my way back from Newmarket that day. And I remember getting myself a bit of fish and it's all going through. And the lady behind the counter says, oh, did you have a great day off at Newmarket? <laughs> and I, honestly, I just thought it just sums it up. Yeah. I just thought, well, that puts it all into perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I know you can't get too, um, you can't get too bullish and, and, and get too, too nervous about things because it, it, it can all go wrong as it has done in the past. So, yeah, just excitement more than anything, really. I think it's a lovely thought, actually, that you 
you rode in the guineas, the favourite got beat, and then you like everyone else just plodded off to Waitrose and probably <laughs> bought yourself a bit of fish, had a chat to the guy behind the counter, and I think it's such a nice. Can thing. you imagine Lionel Messi doing that after pinging one in against Liverpool on the way Is home? Is there any human these guys? Are there any human? No, it's fantastic. And James, just quickly, any other horses that you've ridden early in the season that you're excited about, or horses Dark that you've horse. seen? Dark horse. Oh, he wants follow. a dark fellow. Wants a dark horse. lad for God's sake. Uh, Give us a We're still, I'm still kind of obviously Scardu is obvious, but another, like other horses to come out, we've still I'm still yet to get one that I've really excites me. Apart from obviously, obviously Scardu, um, I'm sure there's a few. Charlie, uh, Charlie must have something. We've got yeah. some nice two-year-olds. We've got some nice breeze-up horses, and there's uh, yeah, there's pl- plenty in there, but we haven't quite got stuck into them yet. So it's still still a little bit early for that. Keeping his cards very close to his chest. What did you make of the Godolphin two-year-old that dotted up at the the Craven meeting? One one half a track. She's pretty quick. Excuse me. She's pretty quick. She looked exciting. Yeah, I never sat on her actually. I I didn't ride her. William rode her a couple of gallops, and she she's yeah shows to seems to have a lot of speed. And um, Thingy's horse flopped yesterday. Um, Wesley's lady, lady, what's her name? Yeah, she was so keen early. She just like. Any fight, I think the, the sort of the perception sometimes about rating over five, especially two rods. No horse can go flat out all the way. It's just impossible, and she just she looked pretty. Qu- it was quite a lot for a filly, though, wasn't it? She literally landed in. I don't know, yeah. a matter of days before the race. It's quite a lot for a two-year-old filly as well. I know Wesley's done it before, and he obviously knows what it takes. But speaking to a few people, uh, they said she looked quite quiet walking around the paddock and. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wesley's never walked around uh, jumping out of their skin, do they? They're, it's just the American way, isn't it? They have yeah. the lip chains on. They walk around fairly sedate anyway. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. What did we all make of Calix yesterday? That looked just mind-blowing, wasn't it? Think he was pretty awesome. Well, I, yeah, I, he, he popped up. He followed me, actually. I rode a horse for Robert Cow, Pocket Dynamo. He's quite a nifty horse. He's pretty quick. Uh, we didn't go that fast in the race itself, so I actually gave up my cover sort of three furlongs from home and decided to get on my bike. And then in two strides, Frankie flew past me with his hat silk trailing behind him. So that's how well he picked up his hat silk flew off. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was very impressive, very impressive. He's obviously, look, he's bred to, to get the mile, but he, he looks all, to be all about speed. So um. That decision, like the horse is ready to run, that decision from John Gosden not to go for a Guineas and to say, do you know what? He's never won a Guineas. Do you know what? I'm not going to run him and I'm going to go for the pavilion. In, I mean, outstanding. Uh, yeah, uh, amazing. Brilliant. Outstanding. Yeah, because he, he's uh, going to go and win the Commonwealth Cup. Yeah, and, and he's and gone and sluiced up yesterday. Looked unbelievably impressive. He must have worked well. I didn't see the gallop. He must have worked well at Newmarket. Apparently didn't come right down the dip, did he? No, apparently he didn't handle Absolute, it. Absolutely, didn't handle it at all. But, but like you say, that's... Still could go the second still, time. Still, I mean, he must... John must be desperate to win the Guineas. And he's looking at it. He knows it's open. And yet he still says, "Do you know what? It's not the best thing for the horse. Let's go to let's go to Ascot and let's train him. And we'll he'll get a mile in time, but not now. No, definitely. Uh, it's, I think he's like John's so good though, isn't he? He doesn't leave anything to chance. He he yeah. he, he must be a great. I mean, obviously he's a great trainer, but I think he he really dissects everything and he's very realistic. And I don't think he he doesn't. He's not a man who just rolls the dice, does he? And watching Calix every day, he, obviously that doubt of staying." 
the miles, obviously, and obviously the track. Um, but he, it's, he's just an unbelievable trainer. He's certainly one of the best I've ever ever dealt with. Lads, a few final thoughts um, from you guys, our upcoming runners that we can look out for either this weekend or before we uh, reconvene in a fortnight. Things you're looking forward to? I run a horse called Concierge, who James rode in Dubai, um, excuse me, in Qatar actually, he ran no race view. Um, probably was maybe a bit flat for whatever reason. But anyway, he's come back and um, <clears throat> ran okay on, on, on finals day, but he's really come back to life now. I think he might have picked something up out in Qatar. And he runs in the um, in the six furlong handicap, three old handicap, the race after the guineas. And just looking at the declarations, I think he'll he'll run pretty well if he comes back to some of the form that he's shown towards the back end of last year. He's right in with with them. And as I say, there were a few excuses for him, so I'm, I'm looking forward to him. Um, the filly that won my filly that won the other day, Phil De Fleur, I think is probably well handicapped, and I'm probably bring her back in a, in eight, in I think eight days time. So she'd be another one to keep an eye on. Charlie, you've got, you've got. I know today is Thursday, but you've got a few runners tonight, haven't you? Yeah, annoyingly, this is going to go out after that, after they run. So there's not much point really talking about them. Nice horse, Tolfaris, ran really well at Newbury. First time out for the yard, uh, over seven furlongs. He runs at Donny on Saturday evening, over a mile, which will suit him better. Slight question mark about the ground. Plan is the Britannia with him. He's rated 90, so he would get in just. I'd rather... You're not sit on your hands there? Not brave enough. Really? Not on 90. He, he, was, he ran a cracking first race yeah. in Newbury, actually. I was, that was another one that I was sort of... There's only eight runners uh, at Donny, although he's got top weight, but... I didn't declare in that. Oh, I should have declared in it. Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. 90 the mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to Weatherby. The next week, reloaded. Yeah. It was a bit disappointing first time, but he's come on for that. King Ottica? King How will he run next week? I had a quick look at the entries um, before I popped over here and Aiden predictably has got about 10 entered. And then there's the two that finished behind us at Newbury and that was about it. He's in great form. He's in really good form. He worked beautifully yesterday. He just had a little blow along Long Hill. He's ready to run as long as the ground is good or softer then we will probably end up running up there. That would um, be a big day for you, wouldn't it? Because I know how much you believe in your horse. Mm, massive day. Yeah, big day. Um, Can I get a lift? I've got one in the <laughs> Lily Agnes. Huh? Can I get a lift if you go? Are you running one in the Lily Agnes? I might do. I haven't had a look at the entry. No, it's your turn to drive. So I will get a lift off you. Thank you very much for giving me the heads up. That's great. Uh, Actually, I might fly <laughs> with the doiler. <laughs> Could be a bit tricky with the flying now, couldn't it? I think yeah. After... What's going on with that, James? Can well, yeah, it's a bit. You do fly, and it's, it's yeah, it's he. Uh, were you talking about because of the pilot, Emiliano Sana's pilot? Yeah, he flew James Fanshawe. He flew everyone. Oh, did he flow everyone? I didn't know. Ma- that. I knew he flew James Fanshawe. Michael Bell Island. actually said the other day that he, yeah. yeah, he's he yeah he flew him before as well. But those planes oh, are they're horrific. They are petrifying. Horror. I can't. I went to Goodwood. In, in one last year and it was one of the most unpleasant experiences of my life. I did there and back and it's just like, oh, I hate you just it. Swear, it's really crazy but I guess, yeah, we, I mean, I think but last year I was, I was in one at least twice a week but you kind of, it's strange, like everyone just kind of gets on with it. I don't the know, idea of spending no five really... hours in a car uh, driving to Goodwood is just, from Newmarket anyway, exactly. it's just such a nightmare. And now the Meads aren't in Newmarket anymore, we can't get a lift for them. 
I remember at Haydock one time, I had a two, last year I had a two-year-old runner in the first, and I was back in evening stables by about the fourth or third race. Those lads couldn't believe it. It's such a difference. But fly, on a serious note, James, flying is a big part of, of all, all of your guys' lives, isn't it? Because it is, yeah. the amount of time you can save is just over the, over the course of a week, a month, a year, it's just astronomical, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's why it'd be interesting to see kind of how it, how it unfolds, but I certainly know at the minute it's definitely a little bit a little bit tricky, so... Um, Can't you get the boss just to buy a nice chopper or something like that? It'd be much <laughs> be handy, wouldn't it? He's got those Mike, white ones. They're just either. as dangerous, so... Yeah. No, they're fine. Are they? Talking about getting to the races, I do know James has got to head off to Chelmsford. You've been a top guest. Thank you so much for coming in. I hope you've uh, enjoyed it. I know on behalf of the boys, we've been so grateful that you have. It's been good, hasn't it, chaps? Great. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Well, well, brilliant, man. Thanks for inviting me along. World-class rider as well. It's great to have you along. Your good luck over the weekend. Good man. Well, we're just about done then for episode four. I'm following a momentous weekend in which Norwich City returned to the Premier League and George trained his first 2009 winner. Um, 19, 2019. 2019. I'm really glad you... You could cut that, Don't cut that. Absolutely not cutting that that whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, leave leave my Rick in. We're all off for another big Saturday and Sunday at Newmarket and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks to the superb Kingshead Dullingham for hosting us. Thanks too to Carl Homer, um, from Cambridge TV for producing us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bridal Podcast. And also please do subscribe so you won't miss an episode. On behalf of all of us, thanks and goodbye. Goodbye.